0: This is the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate podcast.
1: And he said, you know, LA is a tough market. I always say, live where you want to live, invest where the numbers make sense. And I went, oh, because until he said that, I always thought you had to invest where you could drive to your property, touch it. It didn't, I didn't know that you could invest outside of that. So that opened up the world and it helped me a lot because I wasn't stuck um, in this very expensive market.
0: You're listening to the millennial millionaire through real estate podcast, where we discuss tangible tips, tricks, and best practices for becoming financially free. The show is designed for people who want
1: to either start real estate investing or for those who want to scale their real estate business.
0: What's up guys. I'm your host, Jonathan Farber. I hope you guys are well and healthy for any first time listeners. Thank you guys for being here. I really appreciate it. The goal of this show is to explore ways to become financially free through real estate or to increase passive cash flow through real estate. A little bit about myself, I work in corporate America at a software company and my side hustle is real estate. I currently own eight units, a mix of small multifamily and short-term rentals, AKA Airbnb. I've house hacked, bird, flipped, and as mentioned, short-term rentals to name a few strategies. I love to network, so hit me up on any platform, Facebook, LinkedIn, BiggerPockets, Instagram, or just search Jonathan Farber, real estate, and you should find me. Also, if you are not already in the exclusive Facebook group, this is where I post most and do a lot of behind the scenes content of sharing deals, strategies, and systems. See you there. Let's get to today's show sponsor. After building my own portfolio, speaking with over a hundred investors on this podcast and many more from the Facebook group, I've noticed a few common themes of why people don't get started or remain successful in real estate. They don't have the right team, they aren't sure of their market, or they don't know where to find deals. The people at Martel Turnkey are fixing this. That's why they offer fully turnkey properties in markets where the numbers actually make sense. What does this mean? It means they buy properties at a discount, fix them up, put a tenant in place, and oh yeah, give you options for property management or financing. They have people on the ground in cities where you can still cash flow and see appreciation every single month. I'll say it as simply as this. When you have the right team and systems in place, there's no reason not to get started. If you like a property or have any questions, you can schedule a phone call by clicking on the link below or going on their website and clicking on the contact tab to set up a call. There is no hard sell, push, or commitment needed. The call will be there to answer any questions you have or to see if or how their products might be a good fit for you and what you're looking for. So visit MartellTurnkey.com and click contact or send an email to info at martellturnkey.com today. What's going on guys? Today we have an awesome episode with Monique Holm. She is a syndicator, multifamily investor. She's done many other types of deals, industrial, um, residential, commercial. She is growing her portfolio, but also empowering women to get in the game. She also helps tons of people, don't have to be a woman, but helps tons of people leave their corporate jobs through financial freedom and adding passive cash flow. She is a best-selling author of the Real Estate Investor Goddess Handbook, and she has a podcast called the Real Estate Investor Goddess Podcast with over 100 episodes and 50,000 downloads great episode, especially for anyone who is coming from the corporate world or wondering what is their path out of corporate. Uh, And she just talks about step-by-step how she did it, how she thinks other people can do it, what she would do over again if she had a chance to go back. So it's just a great episode from the standpoint of if you are looking to do this full-time and leave your job, she will give you a step-by-step path. And she just got a great attitude of doing it. So it's really fun. The main learning was her talking about what she would do if she started over day one in syndication. So if you're listening right now and you wanna get into multifamily syndication, she goes through her her step-by-step process of how to get started and how to do that, which is really cool because I think a lot of people try to overcomplicate it and she just puts it in a framework that she followed and then other people can follow to be successful. So uh, listen up for that, it's very helpful. The tangible tip of this episode is things take longer than expected. And this can be a project, a simple task, whatever. Um, The tip is to not beat yourself up about this. So if you schedule something in your calendar on a time block that you think it's going to take you 30 minutes, and as you're doing it, you're actually giving it a full effort, you're not distracted, your emails off, and it's taking you 45 minutes. uh, Don't beat yourself up if you don't get to finish that activity, or the next time you do it, you just can make an adjustment to say, all right, here's how much time I need, here's what I'm going to do, and then improve on it. I found this happening so much where I would either set a deadline for a project and I would rush to try to get it done, but it wouldn't get done or I would have to go over and I still wanted to finish it. So I would just kind of feel bad after the fact, if I wasn't able to do the full thing, but I think there's a balance between setting proper timelines and just checking off small wins. So I don't recommend beating yourself up, but track how long things take for you. And then the next time you do them, give them the appropriate time they need so that you can have a time block and actually get it done from start to finish. All right, guys, without any further ado, awesome episode today with Monique Holm. All right, Monique, what is going on? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me, Jonathan.
0: I'm excited to dig into your background for a lot of reasons, but as we were talking about before we hit record here, there is a shortage or there is a sad dominance of men in this industry that you're helping change and bring awareness to and getting people into the game and it's not just fluff you've done a ton yourself um to be able to have this platform and have an experience to, to talk about it from what you've done and then help teach people so really excited to dig into all that um for those that, that don't know or haven't had a chance to check you out yet your mind just giving our listeners a quick background from a high level of how you got into this game of real estate and then also from a high level what you do today in real estate.
1: Sure. So how did I get into this game? Totally by accident, by a series of happy accidents, because I grew up super, I have great parents. Um, I'm a first generation American. My parents are from Haiti. They're super supportive. Always told me, Monique, you can be anything you want in parentheses, as long as you're a doctor, lawyer, professor, engineer. (laughs) That was all they knew as success. And I was a dutiful daughter and a pretty good student. So I ended up going to college and then an Ivy League law school. I became a lawyer. I was working at a big law firm. And I was absolutely miserable. Um, just to give you a little hint of how miserable. At one point, I remember the Tuesday morning, I found myself in the ER. And when the doctor told me that my appendix had ruptured and I would have to be in the hospital several days, I ended up being in the hospital nine days. And then I I have to have at least 30 days afterwards at home to recover. My first thought when he told me this was, oh, thank God I don't have to go to work for at least 30 days. It was like, I might as well have told me, you won the lottery, (laughs) like that's the amount of relief and joy I felt at that moment. And then my next thought was, oh, bad, right? That's not normal or good. And, and I I realized at that moment how unhappy and miserable I was, but I had quote unquote done everything right. I'd done everything right. You know, the school, right? Grad school, big firm job. So when um, I realized that I needed to, to do something different because I felt like this work was literally killing me, but I, I, you know, I didn't know what else to do and i fell into real estate by accident the only thing i had been taught about real estate was to buy your own house that was it and i so i i had left that job i was trying a different firm and i thought all right i guess i i should buy that house now and i live in los angeles which is a super expensive market and for so for a starter home in a semi-decent neighborhood not talking about a mansion in bel air or or Beverly Hills, just like a starter home in an area where you're not going to have drive-by shootings. It was like, you're looking at upwards of six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars $700,000. And even though I had a decent salary as a lawyer, I couldn't do that by myself. A friend of mine who's in a similar boat suggested we buy a duplex together. And uh, he would live on one side, I'd live on the other side. We ended up finding this property, though, that had one bigger unit, a smaller unit, a back house we could rent out. And so we each took a bedroom in the bigger unit, rent out the upstairs, rent out the back house. We even rent out our basement. And we started house hacking before I knew that was a thing. it was just like, hey, these people are paying my mortgage. That's awesome. <laughs> this is great. And there were tax benefits. So I was like, sweet, I'm paying less taxes, and I, you know, I don't have housing expenses. And then um, when I met my husband, he had a duplex. We got a single family rental. After 2008 happened and there was a crash, um, we got into flipping when houses were on sale. And um, like yeah, we're going to get into a period where houses are going to go back on sale very, very soon. Um, mm. They've already started in certain areas. But um, And then I discovered this type of um investing like th- through another happy accident which is what i do now called syndication so i was we were flipping and then it got started getting really competitive and still so expensive and flipping is very much a job right you buy your property you fix it up and then at the end you have to start over um and i wanted something more passive and we started looking for a fourplex because that was the biggest thing i could imagine at the time and nothing in LA made any financial sense. I'd be paying upwards of $2 million and have no cash flow. Uh, and so we, I was really frustrated. And a friend of mine, uh, I was telling him, and he said, oh, you should talk to my friend, Robert Helms. He's the host of Real Estate Guys radio podcast. He's coming to LA tomorrow. He's done hundreds of millions of dollars worth of real estate. Maybe he could give you some advice. I was like, sure yeah absolutely so we went to dinner and i remember this was october 15th of 2015 and 10 minutes changed everything (laughs) this 10 minute conversation we had complete paradigm shifts and it's how and why i'm here and i get to do all the awesome stuff that i get to do He told me first, uh, I was telling him about the flipping and looking for this fourplex and not being able to find anything. And he said, you know, LA is a tough market. I always say, live where you want to live, invest where the numbers make sense. And I went, oh, because until he said that, I always thought you had to invest where you could drive to your property, touch it. It didn't, I didn't know that you could invest outside of that. So that opened up the world and it helped me a lot because I wasn't stuck um, in this very expensive market. And the other thing he said was, and you can buy that fourplex by yourself, but you're limited to your own capital and credits. And alternatively, you bring a group of investors together and you can buy a 100 or 200 unit apartment building. And he started talking about the benefits of that. And everything in me sort of went, yeah, (laughs) like I just had this, like got chills, like that's what I want to do. I had no idea that was something that normal people could do. I thought you needed a billionaire's bank account for that. And so I was like, I want to learn. I want to learn how to do that. And, and so I went to my first syndication seminar, January of 2016, to learn how to do that, how you bring groups of investors together to get to buy larger properties. And um, And that's what I've been doing since. And it's been quite a fun and great ride.
0: So, a couple of questions. Um, Back to kind of the beginning, leaving the the job, and I think we'll we'll stay on this for a sec because it's Mm going to really resonate with people that just don't like their jobs or have had this sense of relief that you may have had in the hospital, but they had (laughs) COVID, not the virus, but the occurrence, and now they've been home and they're like, I like this. I don't like going back into this office where someone's going to tell me what to do and how to live my life and. Can take it away from me at any point. I mean, those are the the common things that we hear. So at what point did you decide to leave your job? Or how long were you doing this as a side hustle for before you went full-time real estate?
1: Um, so I wish I could say it was super, super conscious and planned, <laughs> but I I was given a really special gift um when I was pregnant. So I was five and a half months pregnant and I was working in a small firm so I tried different things in the law to find something that worked Not, nothing made me I was never never happy but um, I was you know not as miserable uh, in this small firm and I was pregnant and I just told you know maybe a week before my boss there that I was pregnant and he called me into his office I thought to get a bonus because I've been working so hard but I got fired instead. Oh my God. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was not expected. Um and not welcome, but it was a gift. Um mm-hmm. didn't feel like a gift. It was a you know, but sometimes the I've heard, sometimes the best gifts come in the like the worst wrapping paper. Um, but it was a gift because of this. So I I was quite pregnant at the time and I looked quite pregnant. I thought I'm gonna wait until after I give birth, I have a short maternity period, then I will look for a job, another job. And um, so my daughter was born in late August of 2008. And you might remember what happened in the <laughs> fall of 2008. The Something economy happened. went into a free fall about a month after uh, she I gave birth. And, and then a few months after that, my husband's graphic design business was down 90%. And it was a very tough time economically. But the real estate that we'd managed to acquire, the couple doors that we had did help keep a roof over our heads and we ended up selling one and start flipping but because I got fired right before this time when it was very very hard to find a new job it was a gift because I probably would have stayed in law just because I had this identity around being a lawyer I wasn't happy but I'd sort of grown accustomed and comfortable with that kind of level of misery like I just I was like well, I'm, I don't, I wouldn't prefer to be in the hospital. So I guess this is better, right? Like I had <laughs> such low standards for what life was supposed to be. I just was okay with like having, you know, being at a five on a scale of one to 10. Um, and so like getting kicked out of the nest at that point when I couldn't get back on the train, right? Or I'm mixing metaphors, sorry, but <laughs> like it gave, it was a gift. And so that's mm-hmm. why, you know, and then I, we went into real estate, and I went. Wait, this is actually making more money. This is way more fun. I'm not miserable. Um, and let's let's keep let's keep doing this. And that's how. And then I also I I became a, a coach. I was actually coaching women around um, money. Well, first I started coaching lawyers once to become non-lawyers, and then it sort of morphed into women around money. Um, And, and it all, it all came together with real estate investor goddesses, but that was, that's how I, that's how I left. Not so consciously, not so, um, uh, yeah, I didn't necessarily intend it that way. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny
0: how often we like hear it and I've had it that things that seem unfortunate at the time are the best things that ever happen to us and that they can Mm -hmm. give us an opportunity to do something that because of our conditioning and because of this, this persona that we feel we have to be that we've crafted that we wouldn't probably take the leap out on ourselves, you know, so yeah. even for me, like during Coronavirus, when that happened, I literally just I, I moved to a part of the country that I was prospecting deals, because I wouldn't have been able to do that in my job. But I was just, and looking at it like an opportunity, obviously, it's it's a horrible thing. But you know, what opportunities can you make of challenge? And that's something that you did, which is amazing. And then you just kind of ran with it. And it's funny, like I'm I'm thinking about a mentor of mine, you know, he he Neil Bawa talking about how he's a recovering technologist. And now I'm thinking for you guys, you guys are recovering attorneys. Or recovering oh yeah, attorneys I'm totally a recovering attorney. <laughs> trying to also pull other people out of this uh <laughs> this thing. So anyway, that that's really cool. Um yeah. So a lot of people. We're not
1: meant to live on mediocre, unhappy lives, I don't believe.
0: And I could just tell, like, even in the way that you're delivering this, like you're you're you don't talk to people in jobs that are happy and kind of shining the way that you talk to entrepreneurs or people that kind of control their destiny, at least that can figure out ways to be successful with it. Like I'm sort of making an assumption, I don't know you that well, but you just have a happiness and energy that I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have had if you came on the show, and we were talking about law, you know, back in 2006, you know, (laughs) so I think that would have been a different story and conversation. So, Uh,
1: yeah, I would have, I would have had a much, much dimmer light because I was just, yeah, I was, I was pretty unhappy and I'd just grown comfortable with that. I had very low expectations for what life could or should be. Mm. And I think I can appreciate what I have now so much better because of that, because I had that contrast of like that misery. Now I, I'm just, I love what I get to do. I love, I just, I, I love my life. I just feel so blessed every single Mm. day and I'm really, really grateful for for all. of So
0: let's talk about how other people can become enlightened and that are listening to this, nodding their head saying, that sounds pretty good. I I don't really love, I'm not passionate about what I'm doing. I'm doing it solely for the money and the money isn't even worth it. So one question I like to ask because it seems like a common progression that people take is starting with single family, starting with two to four units, then going to maybe flipping, then maybe going to eight units and then doing JV deals and then doing syndicating. But it seems like once you found out about syndicating, you jumped right into it. So my question for you now, if you could go back and do it again or talk to yourself at the beginning, do you think the flipping helped you or enabled you in any way? Or would you go back and find a way to start with syndication again on day one, if you could?
1: Oh my gosh, I would start with syndication on day one if I could, but you know, it's like our journey is our journey. Sure. And uh, there I got, I, I probably built confidence um, it through the, the flipping and through the small, the, the single family the small multifamily, like through the journey, I, I built confidence that when it came time to syndicate, I was able to tap into that in order to do it. So I would not have started day one as a syndicator because I probably didn't know enough. I wish I'd known about passively investing in syndications way, way before Mm. I would have become a passive investor because um, as a passive investor, I've often made more money than I've made as an active investor in an expensive market like Los Angeles. And I would have got done better while doing way, 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 way less work. <laughs> it's like I've gone further with like no effort. Mm-hmm. So um, I wish I'd known about passive investing way earlier. That mm-hmm. That is something I would have really enjoyed doing. And then maybe after as a becoming a passive investor, eventually it would, I, I might have learned and, and gotten into active investing or not, or just been really happy as a passive investor is <laughs> getting my money, making me money. Sure. Um, but the, I think, for those who are out there and who are working, I know that there were several shifts or paradigm shifts that I needed to to make, and that I wish I'd known. And maybe uh, I want to share those. Maybe that'll help you to just think about things differently, especially now, because I I feel like as we're going through this financial crisis, um, and, you know, in this pandemic most people are in a crisis because they have one financial stream of income all right they have one stream of income and that is their job and the problem is when you have i call it like the legs of a table all right so you have one leg in your table and that's your job if you lose that leg your table comes crashing down that's why most people are like one paycheck one sickness one um one pink slip, one divorce, one like crisis away from bankruptcy or homelessness right' so it's, but most people are very very precarious because they have one leg to stand on, and what what helped me and this is and I'm so grateful that I feel so different in this pandemic and this financial crisis versus two thousand and eight two thousand and nine and even then I, we did have a couple other legs. There were, there were small legs and there were only a couple. So we were, we were wobbly, but we still were standing. Um, after I lost my job and then my husband's business went down, we were kind of like like wobbly, but we were, we managed to, to make it through. Um, but now we have so many legs on, on, under our table. Um, we've built like over a dozen legs so we have all these different streams of income coming in anymore right that so there are a lot of different things holding up our table so some somebody can't pay rents here or this happens there we're okay because we got a lot of legs Mm -hmm. and we're not most of us are not taught that we're just taught one leg get a job Trade right. your time for money. That's it. Like the People aren't taught that and they don't have that stability. And and ultimately, that's what creates financial freedom. Mm-hmm. I have a mission to help 1 million women create financial freedom to real estate investing. And I define financial freedom as having enough passive income streams that it equals or exceeds your expenses. So at that point, when and so you have all these legs, but you don't, you don't want all these legs that are because you're trading your time for money. That's the other thing with that job, right? It's like you you give your time, they give you money. Um, so you want to create these legs that are divorced from your time. They're not connected to your time. So I I have these tenants, and whether I'm sleeping, or I'm on vacation, or I'm working my other job, or I'm doing whatever, or I'm working my business, whatever I do, they're going to still pay rent. It has nothing to do with my time. Once I've set it up at the beginning, then I just, I just get like this, you know, the money just pops into my account or comes in the mailbox. But so you want to create these passive income streams so that it's then you can leave your job because everything's paid for you don't Mm -hmm. you don't have Mm -hmm. to don't have to stress don't have to worry. And when I got that concept. A little too late because that (laughs) got fired but like that i wish i'd known way earlier so that's a it's a much gentler way to like build up your legs and then leave on your own terms versus getting kicked out like i did um in a very precarious situation i don't recommend doing it the way i did it
0: (laughs) makes sense how do you so going off that how do you recommend beginners get started in syndication if that's the path they want to go it can seem like a really daunting task that yes. is overwhelming. And it's not, there, there are so many barriers to entry with it. So let's just say someone comes to you, a, some a student or a coaching client, and the first call is, okay, I want to, I want to get into syndication. What tactical activities or step-by-steps would you recommend they start doing if let's say by the end of the year, they wanted to, do a deal in syndication or be involved on a deal in syndication.
1: Okay. Um, so for somebody who's new, just wanting to start in syndication and then whether or not you've never, you've never done other real estate investing before, or you you've done other types of real estate, but you you want to get to that point where you are bringing in groups of investors. So here's the thing, which is very important. That's one thing to lose your own money right? <laughs> to put your own money at risk. It is a very, very, very different thing to lose other people's money. If that does not scare the poopoo out of you and make you lose sleep, then you should not yes. be doing it. Like you should be like way, way, way more terrified to lose somebody else's money so than true. your own. So that's the first thing, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like your own money, which you should treat very well. And then the level of care that you put on other people's hard-earned money is like exponential. Um So th- like, just so we're going to assume that that's where you're at. So in order to really take very, very, very good care of somebody else's money and make sure that you are doing the best job you can, you're going to have to, um, A, you're going to have to get educated because there's a lot of things that you legally can do and legally cannot do as a syndicator. Um, You can't just take money from anybody, even if they want to give it. There are all of these rules. When you're doing a syndication, it's governed under the Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, You doing this improperly can get you some free housing situation and free orange Clothing like orange jumpsuits, (laughs) like you can, you can end up in jail or severely fined from doing this work. So do not just go off and take people's money and go do real estate like without knowing what you're doing because it does, does not recommend it. So you really need to learn what you're doing. You need to have securities attorneys that are help that are working with you. You need the right. Team. So first, you're going to get educated, uh, and I also recommend getting a mentor. <laughs> but you're going to you're going to really need to know what you're doing. The next thing I would recommend is that you ha- you start with partners that have that experience, because you often you do not know what you do not know. So when you're doing a syndication, generally because of the costs of setting up a syndication, just the legal costs can be like twenty thousand or more to set up a syndication so generally the deal has to be large enough to um to justify those types of costs so it's not you're not just going to buy a little house and and syndicate you're it's going to those are you're going to be doing much larger projects so it, you you need to you need somebody a, a team people around you that really know what you're doing what they're doing and um and you're going to partner with them so it's, it's getting the right team, it's getting the education to do that. It is possible, right? So we started our first year, was so proud to say, we went from two doors to over a thousand doors through syndication, but we invested over $60,000 that year alone in our education. We got, we had teams, <laughs> we, we had experienced partners that so we always partnered with other people that had done it. Um, before us and knew what they were doing. We still always have partners that we work with that really, you know, we're, I don't, I don't do this alone. This is a relationship business. And, um, and we, and we learn to, um, and then the the last piece is you have to get the investors. So yeah, and they have to find the right deals. And then you have to find investors that will trust and you have to build your, the, the no like, and trust factor so that they will want to entrust their money with you um, and know that you're going to take good care of it. So, and you just have to set yourself up so you will take good care of it. Uh, there are lots of different steps. It's not necessarily something that I would recommend for beginners um, because of all of that. But that doesn't mean you can't get into it because it's not necessarily harder. I used to think, cause a lot of people, it's like they have that monopoly mentality so the monopoly game you play the game of monopoly so when you play monopoly first you have to get all the you know you have to get the the monopolies all the colors you know you, you have to own them and then you get one little greenhouse and another little greenhouse and another little greenhouse and after that then you can get the red hotel so a lot of people think that that's how you have to do real estate investing and it's not it doesn't work that you can start with the red hotel you don't have to go and start with the little greenhouse you don't have to start small and it's not actually harder to start small than um, than to go bigger in certain ways you can go bigger but you're not going to do it by yourself you're going to really need to have people who know what they're doing and you can you can leverage other people's experience you can leverage other people's relationships you can leverage other people's money can leverage other people's time. That's the beautiful thing. You don't have, when you partner with other people, you can get into the game, um, and, and, and create that.
0: Okay. So that was really thorough, which is awesome. So just like a step-by-step and I love that you started it with education and then also starting it with paid education and mentorship, because it's kind of like the reason I also, even for people in our group, when they come and they, they are trying to set goals before they get educated, there's a disconnect of basically understanding will this strategy even get me to my end result? And then if that is really the result they want to stick with, they might have to tweak a strategy, right? So I guess just on that note, I know this is sort of a hard answer on a one-off or a hard question to answer on a one-off, but a lot of people, they, they're not sure. They don't really understand the difference in the profit or the actual money that someone can make as opposed to when they're considering doing deals themselves or syndicating deals. Like they think and believe, and and I've believed this for a, w- a long time too, that if I control the whole deal, I'll make more money than if I have a very small part of a bigger deal. So what would you say to that person? Or if you can talk to, I guess, even any of the, the numbers that someone can maybe conceptualize as they're starting out to say, there is enough financial gain in doing it in a syndication or a group that it's worthwhile.
1: Oh yeah. So I used to have that belief that if I was going to do it myself, then I would make more, right? Obviously if I'm doing all the work, then I'm more money. Um, So you have to look, it's like a hundred percent of a small pie, right? So if you're getting a hundred percent of, you know, $50,000 Fifty thousand dollars, or you're getting, um, or ten thousand, right? <laughs> like, like you get all of that, or you get, you have ten percent of a hundred million, right? Like it's like it's not about the size of your 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 piece as a whole. It's like how big is the pie? Mm-hmm. So when you're doing a syndication, um, you you have a small piece of a much larger pie. And there are these economies of scale that happen in syndication so um, that you get to take advantage of. So even as a passive investor, you're often doing better than you are as an active investor. That's why I was saying I wish I'd known about passive investing from day one (laughs) because I guess a a passive can often end up with like, you know, a 20% annualized return or a Like I've had, or uh, more sometimes, right? They're in the high teens, low 20s. That's not uncommon. Mm -hmm. And whereas investing in, you know, so I'll speak to investors for my my investor clubs. Are people interested in passive investing? I remember speaking to this woman and she was in LA and she was so happy she had this rental property and it paid for itself. Like she made no money but it didn't cost her money. And she was like, yeah, like that's so in a lot of markets like in LA, you're like winning. If you're not losing, right? you're not losing money. It's just paying for itself. She's doing all this work. She's had some deal with the tenants. She's all oh, like all the, you know, tenants, toilets, termites, all the things that find the place is, a, you know, and it makes zero. And she was like, psyched that she's not losing money. right. But, and it's building equity, like that's, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, it's building its equity and it's not losing money. So yeah, it's a win. And just doing all the work. Whereas, you know, this is versus being in a syndication where somebody else is doing all the work and you can still make high teens, 20s in return. So it's, it's not, there's not a correlation between the amount of work you put in and what you can get out of a, of a deal.
0: I think that right there is the biggest misnomer in single family or small multifamily investing that it's unfortunate. I've been through it. Almost any single family investor has been through it that one large capital expense comes along. And after you've already been putting slaving and putting all your time into this thing that's netting you a couple hundred dollars a month, the profits vanish after one large expense. And it's like, yeah. what's the point of this? And that for me was the exact moment that I, I felt I needed to explore other strategies. I feel like that's, that's a driver for a lot of people. Um, But to your point, would it have been like easy to conceptualize getting into multifamily right out of the gate? No, because it didn't seem attainable. So, I mean, it just, I feel like a lot of people, they hit a tipping point or a breaking point where it's like. This doesn't scale. You know, there's there's too many roofs that I have to worry about. There's too many pipes that I have to worry about. And I don't want to do this. I, I want to be able to have a model that can accommodate a property manager budgeted into this to just remove me from the process. So and the other thing I just want to call this out that you explained like very nicely, Monique, but you know, you're basically in all of these just getting a return on your investment. Like I know we like to think of these things as houses and it's like my house. And then I can tell people that I own a house. I think for a lot of people, it's also ego that they like to be able to say they are this, and then they're a multifamily or a single family investor, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, it's just about yield. I mean, whatever you can get the highest yield on your equity or your cash that you put out, you will do the best over time. And the people that compound that yield and keep rolling that yield will be in a very different place five years from someone that didn't. So it's not so much about like the vehicle or the strategy. It's about what you, what strategy gives you the highest yield and then rolling into that. And then when you just think about on percentage basis, to your point in multifamily, investing as a limited partner, it is truly passive. It's the most passive investment you can get. There are risks, of course, you know, something can happen and the deal can go wrong, but most times, majority of times it doesn't happen and it actually exceeds the investor expectation, but it's truly passive. It's mailbox money. And the cool part is it gets returned at the end of a period, three, five, seven years. So, you know, for people that have FOMO with stocks or even like a lot of Bitcoin people in our group, a lot of people like Bitcoin, but it's like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna sell the thing that you love so much and then it's gonna stop making you money. This is what we're talking about is monthly returns that come in the mail every month and it's tangible. You know, you can actually spend it. It's not numbers on a screen. So I just think it's, you know, we're talking about different games here, but it's just, it's it's really cool to hear the way you explain it. Um, Just as we're kind of getting a little tight on time here, I just wanted to ask one quick question Before we get into a question we talked about before about spouses and partners and that, but can you just explain, like, again, conceptually for someone that's still coming from the single family or two to four unit space, what does it actually mean to have 1300 doors or control 1300 doors or own 1300 doors for someone that's thinking, wow, that person, you know, they're they're a billionaire basically if they're just doing math off you know their cash flow numbers thinking you know owning the whole thing so what does it actually mean to own or control 1300 doors
1: yeah so it depends it's like what's your percentage of the ownership so all of these uh with the exception of you know a few properties that we own 100 percent of um most of them we own a piece of those as the sponsor on them we have you know we we get a an extra piece for the amount of time and um energy that we put into putting the deal together and maintaining the asset um but it, it's a it's a per, you have a percentage of 1100 doors and ours we have a variety of different we have a single family portfolio we have a um multi-family multi-family uh like 900 of the units are multi-family and then we have um industrial and this year we've mostly been about industrial factories and things um an rv park and a mobile home park so it's a variety of different assets and you have you have your your piece of it
0: got it okay yeah. so that just i mean to clear it up it's um it's it's just more of a broad strategy approach and to your point and and you were saying it before but i heard it uh, a way that kind of resonated with me was would you rather have um, a hundred percent of a grape or 10% (laughs) of a watermelon. And, you know, we're talking about different things. 10% of a watermelon is much bigger than a grape, but you know, we're just some people for different reasons want to do different things. So anyway, yeah, appreciate you clearing that up. Okay. So you do a, a ton for, for women in the real estate community, and you're also just educating, but also connecting, I think parts that in relationships might not always function or, you know, start out, um, because it's not taught in school, these things, or it's just not taught in a way that, you know, I think like creates more of it. So let's just, I want to talk about a scenario with you that we talked a little bit about before we were online is for people that are struggling to get their spouse in the game, or they're really into it. And maybe they're even thinking like, you know, we we can make some sacrifice or some life changes that could really help our trajectory. And they're gung-ho about it, but the other side maybe isn't as on board or they're not as maybe, up to speed education-wise. So they're not really understanding why this person wants to do these things and they're, they're not so on board with it. So just curious if you could talk to maybe some cases where you've seen that and then seen some strategies to maybe improve it or kind of uh, unite the sides to kind of come at it from a team approach. I think, you know, it can be cool to help people in that sense.
1: Yeah, it's the... We call it like the, the trailing spouse, right? So, so one person <laughs> comes in and then the other one's like not, or they'll they'll you know, one of them will come to the event and then they're like, Yes! Awesome. <laughs> like so it's like we're doing this, and the other person hasn't been part of the excitement and hasn't seen it and they're not on board. So and we my husband and I, because I my I focus on women real estate investors. Uh we were talking about this at the beginning because you know, I just Noticed that I was like in a in a conference, and I was you know was the, the day after the conference, thinking back in this room, it's like yeah, you know like 120 people in that room. There were like maybe eight women. It was like so I have gone to all these conferences, no women. I was in this high end real estate mastermind. There were like 19 men and me. So I was um it's like okay, and I it came as this divine download. It was, it's like it just like bring bring women into this room and and that that mission so i i was working with all of these women but then some of them were ha- it's like oh well what do i what do i do about my partner and my husband my spouse right so they were they were kind of left at home they weren't part of the like you know in the events drinking the kool-aid like just getting excited and so they and it was hard to translate that to to the other person uh so my husband and i we created uh, an event called real estate investor soulmates that where both parties could come in and just learn how to how to work together how to partner with one another and i think one of the important things is it is to get just on the same page in terms of your vision like what, not even thinking about like the, the the strategy the how of it which is which could be real estate investing but the what do you want to create like where do you want to be in the future together and what what would it look like five years 10 years 15 years down the line get a magic wand you could create anything you wanted and really getting on the same page with that same vision and then um and having a same like thinking like really getting on the same page in terms of like your vision your your values and your mission, like how you want to help in the world, and I think when you can get like focus on that, and I, that's that's a good place to start. And this is the beginning of the year. This is a wonderful time to like take a day with your spouse and just like I don't know, like find a <laughs> somewhere to a corner of your house, <laughs> like because we're not going anywhere, but <laughs> and just like take some time to the vision together and to get you know, it's like what what could we create? We could do anything. And then think about, like, you know, if you're somebody who's wanting to get your spouse or your partner or somebody on board with you, it's like how could real estate, think about how could real estate help you to drive that, that vision and that goal, knowing that there are a lot of different ways to play in this game. I, real estate investing is not one size fits all, but it, it can help you create those those legs, create, help you create that, the, um, the financial freedom, the time freedom. That so many of mm-hmm. us desire to create that lifestyle um, that we want. So that's, I think that's a, that's a very helpful way. It's one of those things that we do in the, in the retreat. It's giving people mm-hmm. that time and space to get on the same page and, and start speaking the same language and, and figure out how, you know, they can, they can do this. And they also are both learning about the real estate piece so then they see what's possible um, for them.
0: Monique, I feel like we could go on for a very long time here. Um, just because there's there's so many different routes to go with it. And it's just an interesting topic, especially when you start talking about spouses or partners and you get the trailing partner going and you know, it's yeah. a whole thing. Um, what's the best way for people to to check out your content? I know you have some events coming up, which I think would be perfect for people to check out still early in the year. They're still planning, still in their goal setting mode, and you know, they might be looking to team up or just you know get more educated on this. What's what's the best way for people to either check that out or follow you and your your story?
1: Yeah. So the best place to find out about me is reigoddesses.com. Um especially the the ladies. If you're um and I'm at reigoddesses Goddesses on all the socials. Gentlemen, I would invite you to go to VIP assets.com to check out. Um that's sort of like our our investing arm. It's a little less pink <laughs> so mm-hmm. less a lot less pink on that size so like more general gender neutral version <laughs> um that's our that's our investing arm and then um oh, we're doing an event the, the wealth through real estate event it's a virtual event it's january 22nd through 24th you can um i think Will be There'll be a link but you can click on to um, to access that uh, event page also on the website. There's information about it. And it is a three-day event, like nothing you've ever experienced. So you will learn a lot about real estate investing. It's a great place for those of you who want to start, you're, you're newbies or you're on the game, but feeling stuck, or you know, you're starting to build some momentum, you want to learn how to scale and leverage you're you're going to be connected with this incredible community, um, see what is possible, and learn how to do this investing game in a feminine way. So that's the wealth to real estate event, January twenty second to twenty fourth.
0: Awesome, love that. And you use the word there, as far as just having um, a group, a team, a support system that I feel like is missed in so much of this. That the people that I think have the hardest time getting out of it's like the matrix, they, they're they just, they can't get out of that, that like day to day, just like dogma of what they've been used to and their parents expected them to do. And to, to that point, I feel what happens a lot of times is they're going back to those friends for advice or they're going back to those friends asking what they think about stuff. And it's just, it's not good. Just like, I, I say, just don't do it. Like you need a tribe. You need people that are doing what you wanna be doing that you can talk to, collaborate with, brainstorm, mastermind with and not feel um, you can feel open about your ideas instead of feeling like you're you're taking your ideas to places to get shut down. So I just think that's really cool. And I could tell that that's what you're building is a community where people can come in and talk freely and just collaborate and do deals together and just, you know, have a safe space. So that's just really cool. So I encourage anyone listening to check that out. We're going to have a link to the event in the notes. So if anyone is interested, you'll be able to find that along with Monique's website and social media and all that, but I highly recommend you guys check out the event and all the other events that she puts on, um, just very high quality stuff and can help you and your partner get in the game. So Monique, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been a blast. We might need to do a part two, because I feel like we were still just scratching the surface, but, um, it would be my pleasure. Okay. Awesome. Well, again, I just want to say thank you and, uh, hope you have an awesome, 2021 and uh it's gotten off to a little bit of an interesting start, but hopefully it just continues to get better from here (laughs) here and you know but follow. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So all right, Monique, have a good one. You too. Hey you millennial millionaire. Are you looking for help getting to the next level in real estate? Are you looking for accountability
1: and strategy to achieve your goals? If so, Jonathan is now taking on one-on-one students and opening a few spots in his private mastermind. It's affordable and welcome to everyone. If you had any questions or think you may need a boost, send Jonathan a message on Facebook or email at johnjfarber@outlook.com.